Welcome to Medical Student Study Cast, the podcast to help third-year medical students study for clerkships, where I have the questions and you have the answers. I'm your host, Josh Bradford, a third-year medical student at Rocky Vista University. The goal of this podcast is to help medical students study for high-yield topics, become comfortable integrating auditory and verbal information into case presentations, and to practice providing answers to preceptor questions. This is done in a constant question-and-answer format. The clerkship today is psychiatry, and the topic is personality disorders. Let's start off by discussing personality really quick. Uh, what is personality? So personality can be defined as an individual's emotional and behavioral characteristics that are both stable and reliable. Key here is stable and reliable. And the basis for personality disorders are that these traits are poorly adaptive, diverge from the person's culture, and cause significant impairment to social or occupational functioning. So like a lot of DSM diagnoses, um, personality disorders cannot be caused by medications, medical conditions, or a more appropriate medical illness and there has to be some significant level of distress in their normal functioning. Okay, so what are the main ways in which these uh, behaviors or inner experiences have to diverge from a person's culture? So there are four main ways. They diverge in cognition, affect, interpersonal functioning, and impulse control. And these will make tons of sense as soon as we start going through them. What is the overall prevalence in personality disorders? All right, so the overall prevalence is around 5%, so 1 in 20 people, which is relatively common. Um, Means that you're going to see these in all types of practice. So considering that these are personality disorders, when is the onset? So the onset is no later than adolescence and early adulthood, meaning that these have to be kind of part of the stable and reliable pieces of their characteristics. What are the three main clusters that these are organized into? So these are clusters A, B, and C, um, also known as wild, weird, and worried. Uh, In cluster A, what do these uh, personality disorders include? All right, so these include schizoid, schizotypal, and paranoid. Again, cluster A is weird. And these are schizoid, schizotypal, and paranoid. Uh, These generally have a unique genetic association to what other disorders? So cluster A's are associated to psychotic disorders. Makes a lot of sense because schizoid and schizotypal are both uh, sound similar to uh, schizophrenic. So remember, cluster A related to psychotic disorders. That's relatively high yield and will help you remember features about cluster A. All right, cluster B or wild include what disorders? Cluster B includes antisocial, borderline, histrionic, and narcissistic. Again, cluster B is wild, and so all of these are kind of, uh, have a loss of impulse control and have kind of wild features about them. What unique association is connected to these disorders? All right, so mood disorders are related to cluster B disorders. 
and what were related to cluster A disorders? Psychotic disorders. Nice job. Cluster C, or worried, contains what disorders? It's avoidant, dependent, and obsessive-compulsive. And uh, now we're going to move on to cluster A. So focusing on cluster A, or weird, what are some words that describe these patients? In general, they're kind of eccentric, weird, odd, unusual. Um, those words come up pretty commonly in the case presentations and the question stem. So first, schizoid personality disorder. The basic mnemonic I have here is schizoid avoid. So what features distinguish this diagnosis? All right, so patients with schizoid personality disorder prefer solitary activities. They don't desire close relationships. They have few close friends and are emotionally detached. So um, where is the uh, prevalence and sex distribution for schizoid? So the prevalence for pretty much all of the cluster A disorders is around 4%, and um, they're pretty much all more common in men. So a test question tends to show patients with what sort of features. So an example test question might be a 43-year-old male, unmarried male who keeps to himself, works as a computer programmer or some other isolated job, doesn't get out much, but is content with his life. That would kind of be the basic setup for a schizoid personality disorder. Still in cluster A, we're going to move on to the second disease, schizotypal. The basic mnemonic that I use here is split up the word schizo and typal. So it's kind of in the type of being a schizo, or it has the outward appearance of being schizo. What sort of features are often found in schizotypal? That's eccentric behavior, magical thinking, few close friends, social anxiety, suspiciousness, and ideas of reference. Now, there might be some transient psychosis, uh, especially since it has, you know, schizotypal. This one has maybe a higher likelihood of some transient psychosis. Again, the features here are the weird. This person is strange, eccentric behavior, strange sorts of thoughts, um, uncomfortableness in uh, social situations. Now, what treatment is most successful? Psychotherapy tends to be pretty successful in helping the patients develop social skills and overcome some of the social anxiety, but is not likely to change their thought processes because this is a personality disorder. So a patient with uh, shown in a test question would have what sort of features for this diagnosis? So this might be a 29-year-old man who believes that he must wear foil to avoid unintentionally sharing his thoughts with other people, uh, and that he might be involved with some sort of cult. Um, he might have social anxieties with a normal person, wears unusual clothing. Last in cluster A is paranoid. What is the essential and overwhelming feature of this disorder? So the essential feature of paranoid is being paranoid. It's a general distrust and suspicion of others. Now this can lead to an inability to confide, holding grudges against people that are close to them, and making patients hostile, which makes the patients hostile or angry. Excuse me. Now, from a treatment perspective, there's not 
a ton of success, but what type of treatment should be strongly avoided? So therapy that's done in a group setting might actually be uh, kind of poorly acclimated to that sort of um, personality disorder because they might have mistrust of individuals and therefore kind of lead to um, a lack of efficacy. So it's important to note that any of the cluster A personalities can have transient psychosis, and if they have transient psychosis, what's the best treatment? So low-dose antipsychotics and potentially a short course of those. Moving down the list to cluster B, or wild, looking at the whole cluster, what are some general characteristics for these disorders? So these patients are emotional, self-centered, theatrical, and impulsive. Let's take antisocial, for example. What features delineate this disorder? All right, so a good basic description might be a sociopath. So it's someone who exploits and harms others for the benefit of themselves. Traditionally, they lack empathy or regret for their actions. They're often impulsive and irresponsible. What is the male to female ratio? Male to female is three to one, so far more likely that you would see a man than a woman but just beware of both for antisocial. And honestly, the male increase in likelihood makes sense because men are also more likely to commit violent crimes than women. Um, now there are some comorbidities related to antisocial, and what might these be? Now if this is somebody who exploits others, they also have a lack of respect for rules, therefore, that includes you know, drug use, um, law-breaking, which can lead to prison time, and then uh, homicide and suicide. Now, an important distinguishing feature for someone who has antisocial personality disorder is if they are addicted to drugs, there needs to kind of be a way to distinguish between if it's an underlying antisocial personality disorder or a drug addiction. And what's the best way to distinguish that? So this would require temporality, which occurred first. If the person was addicted to drugs, then had the behavior, it's drug addiction. But if there's behavior from young age and it's just followed by breaking lots of rules and drug abuse, then it's an antisocial personality disorder. Next on the list is, um, and second in cluster B, is borderline personality disorder. This disorder um, originally confused me, especially when compared to histrionic, because both disorders have low self-esteem. Uh, either way, I'm going to do my best to make the unique features stand out. So, what are the unique features for borderline personality disorder? Borderline personality disorder is someone who is unstable in relationships, has high impulsivity, and a limited self-identity. I think one of the important things here for me is the impulsive and limited self-identity. So they might define their self-identity based on who they're dating at the time or what's going right or wrong. Again, there's another important uh, distinguishing feature. What defense mechanism do they have? So they use the immature defense mechanism splitting. And how is that defined? Splitting is where people are either all good or all bad. 
So you might be the best doctor that they've ever met, but all the rest of the nurses are terrible. Beware with these people that they can turn the staff against each other. And now borderline individuals have unstable relationships. And how might these manifest? So the unstable relationships manifest with the immature defense mechanism of splitting, like we mentioned, as well as, you know, impulsive emotional responses, such as yelling matches. They might want to separate just out of the blue, and their emotions and identity are tied to the relationship. What are some examples of impulsive behaviors someone with borderline personality might have? Gambling, drug use, binge eating, binge spending. So kind of things that have potential addiction related to them. What is the male to female ratio? In this case, women are three times more likely to have borderline personality disorder. Shifting gears, we're now going to compare borderline to the third in cluster C, or histrionic personality disorder. The most beneficial thing that I've learned in the definition of histrionic is, is what histrionic means. So histrionic is a synonym for dramatic or theatrical. So therefore, these patients are very extroverted, but rely on other people's opinions of them. So both of these people have low self-esteem, but in histrionic, they are excessively dramatic and theatrical and tend to not have the splitting. So who are more likely, men or women? Women are more likely. And what would a case presentation often have? So a histrionic personality disorder case presentation often involves a scantily clad woman who is acting inappropriate, who might be very dramatic telling stories, at first might be easy to get along with um, if you had just met them, but is inconsistent in their uh, personality and their self-esteem. Last in cluster B is narcissistic personality disorder. What is the key overriding feature of this disorder? Essentially, what does narcissism mean? This is a sense of superiority. Now, if you get that in your mind, sense of superiority, it will stand out among all the rest. Narcissism is the opposite of humility. So how do these people interact with others? Narcissists need admiration, and they often take advantage of others for self-gain. They often believe that others are jealous of their life and believe that they are better than others. Okay, and how would these patients present in their um, occupational life? They tend to be attempting or actually successful with money, fame, or employment. Now, there are, uh, because cluster B had a lot of variety in the types of, uh, or kind of similarity in the different personality disorders, I'm just going to go through a couple of quick case presentations, and I want you to figure out what it is from a really quick uh, example of a case presentation. All right, man that stole a motorcycle, broke the speed limit, has multiple histories of thefts, used to get in fights in high school. This is antisocial, and there's no regard for rules. A Hollywood actor that requires specific food before even coming onto set. 
because the movie studios need to show how much they care about him and can't do it without him. This would be an example of narcissistic and just total self-aggrandizement. They be, believe they're bigger than life. Woman that is depressed because her significant other moved into a different state. He is all, her whole world. Upon further investigation, they're only dating for three weeks. She tells you that the nurses are evil and the worst people that she's ever met. This is a borderline personality disorder with splitting. Woman with a bright jacket, short shorts, low-cut shirt that tells an expressive story about her ex-boyfriend. Anytime you ask a question, she jumps into a long narrative about her life. This is a histrionic individual who shows theatrical behavior, wants to be the center of attention, and wears immodest and bright clothing. Moving on to the last cluster, cluster C, or wimpy, these patients tend to be anxious and fearful. The first one we're going to talk about is avoidant. How is this described? This is someone who has an intense fear of rejection. Now, how does this differ from schizoid? They're going to want to make you understand the difference between schizoid and avoidant. And what's the difference? So remember that schizoid patients choose social isolation. They are egocentric, So they are content. As opposed to the avoidant persons who choose to avoid social situations, but it's due to their fear of rejection, and they wish they could interact better. So they are egodystonic, and they're not content with their life. What other features are unique to avoidant personality disorder? They tend to be hypersensitive to criticism, have low self-esteem, and are incredibly inhibited socially. So how would a patient like this present so I think of these patients like the shy girl in the movies that always wanted to be the cool girl but was too embarrassed to make the friends. What is the most successful treatment in these patients? The most successful treatment for avoidant is psychotherapy that focuses on assertiveness. Because they're lacking the ability to comfortably interact with others, they need to increase their confidence in social situations and their assertiveness when communicating with others. Second in cluster C is dependent. What does this patient look like? So a dependent patient is submissive and clingy. So how do they make everyday decisions? They need reassurance about their choices. And what does this relationship like look like? So their relationship life looks like someone who immediately needs a relationship if the current one ends. And who's more likely to get this disorder? women are more likely. So there are a couple of major differences between dependent and histrionic, but uh, what is one of them when it comes to relationships? So both dependent and histrionic are needy and might have low self-esteem, but dependent will go through great lengths to maintain the relationships while histrionic, as well as borderline, are less likely to have a long-term relationship. Last in cluster C, is obsessive compulsive personality disorder. Many of us might be familiar with some of the symptoms of OCPD, such as excessive hand washing, cleaning, and organizing. But what are the underlying features that set this one aside? So some of the underlying features of this disorder is rigid perfectionism, conscientiousness, or care careful diligence to details. And what's the main difference between obsessive compulsive disorder and obsessive compulsive personality disorder? 
So this is a really important difference. OCPD, or personality disorder, is egosyntonic. So the patient is okay with the fact that they have thoughts or behaviors that they might not fully be able to control or that might lead to some anxiety in their life. They're content with it. So what might this patient case look like? This is someone who has a successful job, but they work lots of hours and they have to do their best on their projects. They might spend excessive hours on a project but still turn in late because they had to redo it several times. They're clean, meticulously dressed, tend to not spend an excessive amount of money, and believe in following rules. What is the best treatment for OCPD? So the treatment here can be pretty effective. It's psychotherapy, and its effectiveness is really dependent on if there is insight into the disorder. So the patient, um, we're gonna go through different cases for each one of these really quick. If a patient comes into the clinic with palpitations that occur every time the patient is invited to go to lunch with the coworkers. The patient lives alone, couldn't handle the last job because monthly evaluations had too much criticism. What type of patient is this? This is avoidant. So they're ego dystonic, shy, and hypersensitive to criticism. All right, a marketing director that works 90 hours a week, doesn't delegate, takes on excessive projects because she can do it better. When she's called into work after hours, it took her a while to get there because she was immaculately dressed. What is it? OCPD shows perfectionism. A woman married for seven years calls her husband when she goes to see if she could, if she should get a different brand of cheese than they normally get because it's on sale. She prefers to stay home every night with her husband, does all the cleaning because he once complained about doing it too much. So this is dependent. Um, the person's clingy, they need reassurance, and they're willing to go through any means to kind of maintain a relationship. We're going to move on to the final part, rapid fire. I'm going to give basic questions about everything that we covered, and this will hopefully consolidate some of the stuff. What mental disorders are cluster A, B, and C associated with? Cluster A is related to schizophrenic. B is related to mood disorders. Cluster C is related to anxiety. What are the three cluster, sorry, three disorders in cluster A? Schizoid, schizotypal, and paranoid. What are the four in cluster B? Borderline, antisocial, narcissistic, and histrionic. And what are the three in cluster C? Avoidant, dependent, and OCPD. So women in an abusive relationship that won't leave, what is it? Dependent. Unstable personality, impulsive with short relationships. What is it? Borderline. And what is the defense mechanism? Splitting. Man with a loner job but wants to meet others and is shy. Avoidant. Suspicious of others, may think spouse is cheating. What is it? Paranoid. Man that works long hours and believes that that person's special. Narcissistic or self-aggrandizing. Woman that must be a center of attention with shallow, shallow personality. Histrionic. Works lots of hours on a project, redoes the project multiple times, and has rigid morals. It's OCPD, obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. This individual has lots of unusual beliefs, wears strange clothing, believes neighbors are the CIA and watching him.
This is schizotypal. A male that is friendly, but doesn't follow through with promises with a history of violence and prison time. Antisocial. Lastly, someone who lives alone with a flat affect, but is content with their life. Schizoid. We're now done with psychiatry personality disorders. If you appreciate this podcast, please consider supporting this content by donating to my Patreon at patreon.com forward slash medical student study cast. If you have comments or concerns, please contact me at medicalstudentstudycast at gmail.com. Share what you find helpful, changes you would like to see, and personal experiences with the podcast. Remember, I am only a humble third-year medical student, so if I make any mistakes, feel free to let me know, and I'll do my best to correct and provide the most useful, concise, and accurate study tool that I can. Thanks for listening to Medical Student Study Cast. Quote of the day, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit, wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad, philosophy is wondering if that makes ketchup a smoothie. podcast is not meant to be the only resource of learning used for medical student clerkships. This podcast is not affiliated with Rockefeller University and should not be used to diagnose or treat patients. I'd like to thank Free Music, Archive.org for the intro and outro music.